welcome into Slow Burn. I think this is episode seven. I'm going to keep forgetting every time we do the intro. Lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. That's right, Jeff. How are you doing today, Jeffrey? I'm great. I'm freezing, but other than that. I'm freezing, too. The studio is cold today. It's the so studio, cold. otherwise known as Jeffrey's bedroom, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge, very is cold very cold today. <laughs> so uh, Jeff has a sweatshirt and a blanket on. I have a blanket on. It's pretty tight, yo. <laughs> So, going into a recap of last week, just a short one, we did kind of our favorite uh, horror movies to rewatch, and then we also did our review of Halloween 1978 version, the original. The OG, one of the best movies yes, of all time. not the Rob Zombie one, which is no. <laughs> great for another other reasons. <laughs> um, so, this week, uh, we are going to go back to our, our movie announcements and stuff as our first segment. Last week, we didn't really, there wasn't really anything announced, I don't think, that we saw. Not much. Just House of the Dragon, which we briefly touched we on. We did. We did touch yeah. on that, but nothing nothing crazy. So, this week, there were a few things that were announced or trailers that dropped. So, the first one, um, going along with our, our Spooktober thing, theme for this month, mm-hmm. uh, the first trailer for Scream dropped. It comes out in January of 2022. Not what a good sign. Not a good sign. Usually movies that are put in January, it's like they're just dumping them there because they're not confident in the box office potential or the quality of the movie. So really? a lot of times films in January, with a few exceptions, are not great. I did not realize that that was a thing. I mean, why uh, Why would you not release it in October? That's very... I was wondering that, I, I guess. I, fi- I figured the production just ran behind and then it's that's possible. the way they were just like hey let's at least put the trailer out for mm-hmm. in october you know kind of at least get you know the- that makes sense and obviously the pandemic as well but from what i saw in the trailer it seems like you know that that first scene they show is like an homage to the original the it, drew very more opening scene it so, was it was yeah. the, there's a lot i, I watched the, the whole trailer there's a lot of they're, they're kind of doing the halloween thing uh mm-hmm. they're bringing back old cast trying to kind of hunt down the the killer and stop him from repeating what he's done before so similar to how Halloween is doing with um, with Halloween Kills. Well, Halloween Kills, but I was going for the actress. I was, oh, I was leading Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. You know how bad I am with names, Jeff. Yeah, when I point I to you, you're supposed to just know what I'm thinking. We're Get getting there. It. It's only seven episodes. We're getting there. <laughs> so, yes, with Jamie Lee Curtis, similar to what they're doing, they brought back Nev Campbell, They uh, Courtney Cox. Saw um, that, yeah. Yeah, so they're, and it's, I mean, it's a Scream movie, what it looks like. Just, um, I was never big into Scream. I, I really like the original, Do you? the first one. Like it a lot. Um, for the rest of the franchise, I haven't seen them all, so can't really speak on yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I, I just... <laughs> the best part of Scream to me was the scary movies. Waza! <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking I about. Do. Of course I know what you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that Classic. was my favorite. That was always my favorite part of Scream, <laughs> was just the scary movie aspects of it. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch it, but, you know, no, no high expectations. Yeah, no high expectations. It's a very... It's it's a screen movie. It's mm-hmm. just a kind of a remake, but with old characters. Not a remake, but uh, a remake in modern times, I guess, with old characters coming back. I don't. Yeah. That's, I guess that's the best way to put it. And they have homage to original scenes and stuff like that. Mm. So we'll see. As you say, it might bomb in January, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, yep, then, dumpuary, then it, as they call it. What do they call it? Dumpuary. Dumpuary. Mm-hmm. I did, see, that was news to me. I didn't know January was like the month. It's kind of sad. That's my birthday month. Yeah. So they're just well, that explains it all. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 it all comes it together. All comes together. <laughs> so the uh, other thing, uh, there's three more that I want to talk to you about, Jeff. Uh, another one was the trailer for the Beatles lost footage. Yeah. Uh, the I think it was between 68 and 70, or, or I think it's like two weeks, actually, in 1968. 
Yeah, and it's like 60 hours of never-before-seen actual footage. Of the of Beatles. The Apparently, a uh, film crew followed them around for this like two weeks or so when they had to write an entire album mm-hmm. in 14 days because I think they thought at the time they were making a TV show or a movie. Um, and so they were trying to get a full album into this movie or TV show Yeah, from what I grabbed from that, you know, short trailer and it's just never before seen footage. Um, I mean, it looks cool. It's, I, I would like it a lot more if it was kind of like, um, almost like the last dance where they followed them around for mm-hmm. years and years and years and they grabbed footage from years and years and years. And right. then you, obviously if you still had them today, kind of going back and talking about what happened in this certain scene, uh, what in this certain time frame and everything like that. I would like it a lot more than that. It still seems kind of interesting because it's, you know, a deep dive into them and the, they're like private conversations and mm-hmm. them sitting around trying to make an album. So if you're really into the Beatles or 60s slash 70s music and all that stuff, then this is going to be right up your alley because it's, yeah. you get a, I think you get a, just a peek into their brain and how they came up with the songs they did for yeah, that album. Yeah, you get to see a, a cool insight into the creative process. But also this is, um, this archival footage was put together and directed by Peter Jackson. So, obviously, of Lord of the Rings. As I say, fame, if you're a so, fan of Lord of the Rings, then then yeah. you're a fan of this. So, um, I don't know. I may watch it. I may not. Like I said, I would like it a lot more if it was more footage rather than just, like, the two weeks. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I got from it is that it was going to be the two weeks. I could be misunderstanding that they are going to put more footage in it. It just looked a lot like they were just trying to tell a story of this 60 hours between these in this 14 days of what happened and kind of just give a behind-the-scenes look of how they created. Yeah. And and if I'm not mistaken, this was initially going to be a movie, and is I believe it's like a six-episode miniseries now. Am I right in saying that? Oh, I thought it was a movie. Maybe it, maybe it's vice versa then. Maybe it was initially going to be a series, and now it's... Coming out on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I watched so, the trailer. I really didn't read that much into it. Yeah. I, I think it's what, it's in November, right? I believe so. Yeah. So that's exciting. I'm definitely going to watch it. So I'll, I mean, I'll definitely at least try it, but uh, I don't have high... Expe- not high expectations for that either. Uh, like I said, I want it to be after Last Dance. I, just, I guess I just want everything to be Last Dance quality, which it's not <laughs> going to be. But, you know, next thing we have, this isn't a trailer or, or necessarily even a, a, a movie announcement. It was just our first look at Timothy Chalamet as young Willy Wonka. Yes. I believe it isn't the film titled Wonka. It is titled Wonka. OK, yeah. I was about to say I'm not messing that up, but it was interesting to see a, a young Willy Wonka or a, a Timothy Chalamet dressed up as Willy Wonka in his old timey clothes and top hat and everything like that. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Um, I don't really know why we need another Wonka. We honestly, don't. We don't. I, I like. I know some people like love Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and that was like their childhood, or, or mm-hmm. that was you know such a big movie. Um, and I guess a new concept. I guess. Yeah. And it's it used. Looks- there's so many tropes that are used from it, and it's used as, um, you know themes and so many different things like they it use. is tim burton's reimagination of it so you get like his completely i'm not a tim vision. burton fan I, I am and i'm not you know i think half of his movies are awesome and half there's of them are like, like two, what are you doing <laughs> but like you know like i didn't like his batman stuff I really didn't, okay i didn't like like nightmare before christmas i didn't like Ooh, i like that movie Let's, like you know, I'm not big into like that claymation kind of stuff either. Like mm-hmm. that's real. That would be really hard to like get me to love it or anything like that. So that's, I mean, I guess that style was already. You're losing me on that. And then I just didn't his. I don't know. His style is just weird. Like I didn't like Edward Scissorhands. Really? Well, I mean, I didn't like one. not like his. I just, it's just weird. It yeah. was just weird. So, so you, you don't appreciate the artists who you know frame by frame had to. Create the Nightmare Before Christmas. I, so I appreciate the work that goes behind Claymation. <laughs> I can appreciate that it's like hours and hours and hours and hours, but like, mm-hmm. why? You, you can animate stuff and it looks better and it takes less time. I disagree. <laughs> they, I mean, they both look great. It's just a different 
different art. It's form, a different you know? art form, and hey, it, the people that love it, whatever. But I just I don't hate on you for loving it, but it's, I don't. It's not my style at all. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So I'm not a big Tim Burton fan. I'm not a. I was never like. I mean, Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Like you watch it once. I think it was good for what it was, and it's obviously very unique. But mm-hmm. I was never like. It was not like ever my favorite movie or anything right. like that. And it didn't reach the original. Well, Charlie and or was Willy Wonka the original? I thought Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was the original. I think Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, right? I thought Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was the original. Uh, am I wrong? I could definitely be wrong. There's been why? Why did we have to remake it at all? I was talking about the original. Yeah, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory came out in 1971. Ah, uh, okay. So Marvel. I meant Willy Wonka. And the, uh, when I was <laughs> preface all, I just said I was talking about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory of, gotcha. as a movie of that I liked. That was never my favorite. I didn't even watch the. Tim Burton was the Charlie. next one, right? Yeah, that one came out in like 2000. Okay, I thought you were talking about... We got a big misunderstanding because I thought yeah. you were talking about Tim Burton was directing Wonka. No, that was, see, that, that one was back in 1971, the original. Right. And then the, the newest one's directed by Paul King. Okay. So and The new, the like Wonka 20, is yeah. coming out. Okay. It's not like 2023. Let's preface that. <laughs> I didn't even watch the Tim Burton ones because I okay. knew it was going to be weird. And it, was. it wasn't going to live up to the 1971 ones or one. So I liked that one. Was never like my favorite movie of all time, but I liked it for the originality. Didn't even watch the Tim Burton one because I was like, "That's gonna be weird," and it mm-hmm. was. And then Willy Wonka is great. Iconic songs. It's very again. Visuals. I appreciate the iconicness of it, <laughs> sure. if that's a word. But I just you know not my like favorite thing ever. You know, it's not like I'm like seeking out again. Why do we need more Willy Wonka stuff? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I, I think this one at least could be interesting. I like Timothy Chalamet and yeah, he's great. Is at least interesting to see how I guess uh Willy Wonka came to be. So I guess that's kinda interesting. But yeah. 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 They're just trying to do an origin story for literally everyone now. Uh, why though? We don't need it. <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> that's we, we talked about this with Parasite. It's so rare these days that you get an original idea. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you do, obviously people love it so much that it yeah. wins awards. More original <laughs> stories, please. Exactly, exactly. And then the last thing we have here is Netflix announces a nineteen nineties version. Of that 70s show, I guess uh, that's 90s show is what it's going to be called, I assume. I don't know. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be that version of the 70s show. Yeah. Uh, it could be good. I looked it up um, when that 70s show started because I was thinking, like, what time frame uh, were they in? Like, how long was the 70s ago when they made the that 70s show? And mm-hmm. it was about 20 years before. It was made in 1998, uh, or the first season dropped in 1998 of that 70s show. So it was about 20 years. Similar to us now. It's about 20 years since wow, the 90s. That's crazy. Cr- wild. <laughs> so, so that's why I wanted to get in the, like, I feel like the 90s wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Well, apparently there was years. an 80s version that totally bombed, and people were like, I hope this isn't nearly as bad as that. We'll see. I'm just never a big fan of the seven, that 70s show. I don't know if you are. I, I love, I like, I didn't really watch it a ton when it was coming out, mm-hmm. but, you know, later on the replays and the, you know, when it came on, what did it come on, like Nickelodeon at, yeah, at night Nick or something night, like yeah. Nick at night? I watched it there, and I watched, you know, when it was on probably one of the streaming services that exists now. I've watched a bunch of it. So mm-hmm. I really liked it for a while. So, okay. Well, you know how um, I'm about finishing shows, so. I do. No I chance. do. I don't, I, again, we talk about original ideas. Uh, like, why do we need a 90s version? I guess for, they're trying to get the nostalgia of kids that grew up in the 90s. Like, they were probably mm-hmm. trying to get a little bit of 
kids that grew up in the 70s that are in their 20s, you know, when this came out. So it's all about that content to drive more people to Netflix. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know. Like, I don't think they've announced who's starring in it when it's coming out or anything like that. I I haven't seen any. I think they literally just announced they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And that was all. So I'll be interested to see who stars in it and what they kind of do with it. It's probably going to be unknown people, I guess. We'll see. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But that was all I had. Do you have anything else for the movie announcements or trailers? I haven't really seen anything else, so. I have not either. Um, Okay, well, we can dive right in to our Silence of the Lambs review. Let's do it. It's actually the Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Don't get that mistaken, because it was, like, impossible to search for. Apparently, the on some things just doesn't, like, you have to put the in when I was looking to (laughs) rent it. (laughs) Well, I put silence, and, like, it was giving me, like, the silence or, like, Silent Hill or Silent Night, and it's like, they put the for the silence, but they couldn't find silence of the lambs from the <laughs> silence. Like what? That makes no sense. Doesn't. Anyways, Weird. sorry. Don't random forget the rant. article. Got it. Random rant. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start off with a short synopsis for those who haven't seen it. If you haven't, I'd Weirdos. highly recommend. Yeah, weirdo. Great movie. All time great movie. Um, probably, arguably, arguably my favorite thriller of all time. Ooh, okay. Well, I mean, it's great Coming movie. Coming in hot, yeah. Uh, so short synopsis, Jodie Foster stars as Clary Starling, who is a young FBI trainee who is hunting a serial killer known as Buffalo Bill. The Buffalo Bill skins his female victims, that's his MO, as, his, as a serial killer. To catch him, Starling seeks out the advice of, an imprisoned, of the imprisoned Dr. Hannibal Lecter, a brilliant psychiatrist and cannibalistic serial killer who is, you know, in custody. Yes. <laughs> Which I guess I did say imprisoned. So that's the synopsis. Yeah. Look at me go. Getting better already. Good job, I, I didn't just take that from somewhere and read it straight off. I, that was straight off the head. There. Brilliant. Uh, you see how, I, how good I am? <laughs> so we didn't do this so much with uh, Halloween, but I want to do a little bit better this time. Movie facts. Let's dive into some facts before we get into our favorite shot, our favorite line, our favorite scenes, stuff like that, and what makes this movie so great. Sure. Let's go into some facts. So I'll go ahead and start off. I'm sure we have similar facts, and I'll let you kind of piggyback off of whatever you want to. Yeah. So the film won the big five of Academy Awards, as they call it. They won Best Picture, Best Director, yep. Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, best act- Actor was Anthony Hopkins for his role as Hannibal Lecter. Best Actress was uh, Jodie Foster for his role as Clary Starling. Best Director was Demi. Jonathan Demi. Yep. Jonathan Demi. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was wondering if it was Demi. And then the screenplay was written by Ted Talley. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also nominated for two other awards, Best Sound and Best Film Editing, but it lost to Terminator 2 for Best Sound. Fair enough. <laughs> and it lost to JFK for Best Film Editing. Mm, that's Never seen L. it. Have you seen that's, JFK? No, but come on. The editing in this is incredible. It was really good. I, I really liked it a lot. Um, it's only the third, and it is the last film. Yeah. yeah. It's only the third. Well, you can say it. since it's, Yeah, it's, it's the third film to ever, to ever do this, and the others were It Happened One Night from 1934, which I've seen and love. <laughs> How have you seen that? <laughs> and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which fantastic. You love. I was going to say, you we love that do movie. that one day. We will one day. How yeah. have you... Is, 19, is it a silent film, the 1934? It's not silent, no. Okay. It is in black and white. But I figured. It's honestly great. I, think, I really do think you would like it if you gave it a chance, for real. Uh, eventually. You it's know how I feel comedy. about black and white. I know. But you got to get over that. <laughs> It's so it. I've got some. Do you have any more like quick facts on that? I'm gonna go into acting and or the the actor's choice that was. You know. Yeah, sure. I'll just say like um, Sir Anthony Hopkins, who played Hannibal Lecter, 
He actually studied files of serial killers and visit, visited prisons and studied convicted murderers and all this just to get... He even went to like some court hearings of gruesome murders and other serial killings <laughs> just to prepare for this role. So he was really committed. So, um, yeah, uh, I can save some of these others. for. I, I do just want to say that um, Anthony Hopkins was only on screen for 24 minutes and 52 seconds in this movie, which is the second shortest to ever win an Academy Award. There we go. He was only in this movie for 24 minutes. That's crazy that he, like, I feel like he's such a big theme in this movie. He's such a big character in this movie. Yeah, he's such a big presence. That, he, like, just takes over. Yeah, exactly. So, I, it's crazy. It's he crazy that only 24 minutes. Every time he's that's on a, it. That's a great uh, fact. Yeah. So, I, I do want to go into, because I love doing this, of who the director's choices were for actor or actress, or who else auditioned for it, who else was yeah, up for the so roles. Casting What Ifs. Yeah, Casting What Ifs is one of my favorites, because it always makes you think. So, Jodie Foster was actually the last choice of Demi to play the role of Clary Starling. She read the book Jodie Foster did. Mm-hmm. She loved it. And so, when she found out this movie, she was trying to come on as Clary Starling. Demi was basically like, no, he didn't think she fit the role of, that he had in his head um, to play this character. She had just come off, and it's crazy, too, because she had just come off winning an Oscar in 1988 for, I think it was The Accused, The Accused. Uh, so his first choice, first choice for Cleary Starling was Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. She turned it down, and she said it was a difficult decision, but she got nervous about the subject matters. Why she turned it down? Understandable. He then tried to get Meg Ryan to play. Like, exactly. Really? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she turned it down because she it was gruesome themes. Uh, yeah. And then I think he approached one more unknown actress at the time. And the um, studio basically turned her down because they said she wasn't marketable. Then he turned to Jodie Foster. Yeah. Like, and Jodie Foster wins best, best Actress for this, you know, another Oscar off of that. Like, what, imagine, like, what if he doesn't choose Jodie Foster? I can't imagine this movie without her. I She's can either. Her, her voice so is distinct. so distinct. Yeah. And it so gives that, you know, Southern accent a little bit in it. It's just, like, you can't, I can't imagine anybody else having the lines you know it's insane and the thing about it like if you even watch her her first movie ever was martin scorsese's taxi driver she yep. was 14 and she's just incredible like going head to head with robert de niro so i'm surprised demi would not like want her as his first yeah, choice. i mean she's why incredible. wouldn't you like it's she's great she's great in this role she's great in most roles she does so then we have some uh role for hannibal lecter which is obviously one of the best actor with anthony hopkins demi originally approached approached sean connery which I cannot imagine Sean Connery, like James Bond, being yeah. a serial killer, Anthony Hopkins. Um, after uh, Sean Connery turned it down, Anthony Hopkins was offered the role based on his performance. Demi loved his performance in The Elephant Man. Which Have you seen that? I have seen that. David Lynch movie. Yeah. yeah. And actually, a little thing about that is when Hopkins was approached by Demi, he was like, but my character in Elephant Man was a good man. And Demi said... Oh, well, Hannibal Lecter's a good man, too. He's just trapped in an insane person's mind. Oh, good. I like that. I like that. Um, I know one of the actors that... It might have been a screenplay. It might have been Ted Talley. Demi actually sat him down to listen to serial killers' um, interviews and their uh, police reports, like listen to the audio from those. And I I believe it was one of the actors. I can't remember who they actually cried like listening to the serial different serial killers, like speaking about their killings of people. Yeah. Um, so very interesting. And Anthony Hopkins said like when he got the role, he told his, uh, 
agent that he said, this is the best role I've ever read. Like, this is the best script. This is the best role. Mm-hmm. I, like he said, I think it was like 10 lines in the script. He's like, I love it. Like, this is, I have to have it. Other actors that were considered for the role. This is like a who's who of actors right mm-hmm. here. <laughs> Al Pacino. Okay. <laughs> Robert De Niro, Dustin Hoffman, Derek Jacoby, and Daniel Day-Lewis. Which, wow. uh, other than Derek Jacoby, which I don't even know who it is, the, I mean, the other four, like, are oh all-timers. God. Daniel Day-Lewis would have been incredible in this I, role. Yeah, Nobody Daniel, could touch Hopkins, but still, I would love yeah, to see that. Uh, it would have been really weird to see Al Pacino or Robert <laughs> De Niro or Dustin Hoffman as... I don't think Pacino would have been able to have been as contained as Hopkins. I think he would have been much more bombastic, He would you know? have, yeah. So. It's because what makes Hopkins, and we'll talk about this later, too, is it's so great, is the... the calm cool collected nature of his mm-hmm. craziness makes it so much more uneasy. it does it does um oh, another fun fact that i thought that i found from this that i thought was really funny because like, anthony hopkins right and he's established at this point in his career he's a very established actor right mm-hmm. he's got a great career he was initially scared to talk to foster because she had just won an oscar he was like he saw her in this light of like mm, she's like too good for me almost which is crazy. Like That's, Anthony Hopkins yeah. thinking that of another person, it just it blew my mind. It just shows the, the respect he has for her, though. I really, I'm glad you said that. That's cool. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And then the, the last thing I have, um, I guess I have two more things. The design for the basement and pit that Buffalo Bill um, put his victims into uh, was inspired by real-life kidnappings and murders uh, by Gary M. Heidnick, which I didn't even know who that was. Apparently, it's a serial killer, but I thought it was interesting that they used... Hmm. A serial killer's pit as their inspiration for their serial killer yeah, in this movie. It makes sense. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Nice and then uh, the last thing, I thought this was just a, a cool list or a funny list almost because Silence of the Lambs, when you hear that, obviously it wins Best Picture and, and all the, it won the Big Five, you know, so right. it's the last movie to do that. So it's obviously a, a, an insane hit. Um, it was actually fifth for films coming out in 1991 in terms of making money. Yeah. Probably because in the nineties, especially like rated R was probably frowned upon more so than today. So I'm just going to name off the top, the other four, which I thought like the first one makes sense. The other three is kind of who can't believe like sounds of lambs didn't top these. Right. Terminator two judgment day. I think Duh. that's an all time action movie. Like yep. it's fine. That's fine. Then it topped that. Right. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, <laughs> which is the <laughs> Kevin Cosner, like, you know, mm-hmm. spoof of Robin Hood pretty much. It is a cult classic. A lot of people really it, love it, that it movie. It is a cult classic, but it's like, I mean, it Silence of the Lambs here, right. Jeff. Like, uh, I know. We're not talking about, you know, the Lego movie. <laughs> we're talking about Silence of the Lambs. Right. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> that's an all-time classic. Sure. I'm, that makes sense. I'm okay animated with, as well. It's animated. It's Disney. Take You're your probably kids. getting a more bigger audience for that, mm-hmm. too. You take the whole family. Hook. Which apparently you've never seen, which I don't know how you haven't well, seen. Well, it's because I love Spielberg, and it's like, oh, I've just heard this is like by far his worst movie and just really poorly made, and like, I don't want to believe that. So I'm just choose to believe it doesn't exist. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it's Robin Williams, and Robin Williams, if you like Robin Williams, is a, a very Robin Williams performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, Hook is played by Dustin Hoffman. Uh, I mean, it's a great movie. It's it's a kid, it's a kid movie, but it's, it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that was like, those four movies, like Silence of the Lambs, I mean, it's swept. It's so interesting because you have James Cameron who directed T2 and then Steven Spielberg who directed Hook, who are two of the top five most profitable directors of all time. Yeah. So you can't really fault Silence of the Lambs for that. And then, like we said, Beauty and the Beast, family-friendly animated I think it, film. I think more than anything, it was the rated R nature of it. Oh, for and sure. And the violence yeah. and the thriller aspect of it that, that didn't make it money. I will say the budget for this movie was 19 mil. 
and it ended up grossing worldwide like over two hundred fifty or something. Yeah, it was two hundred and seventy-two million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it made a ton of money based so. on its. Uh, another fun fact that was just kind of quick hitter right here is the FBI was very, very rare that they let people actually film mm-hmm. in Quantico and everything, and they let them film scenes in Quantico and around the yeah. training and, facility, and then a lot of uh, the background people are actual FBI agents. Yeah, and the behavioral science unit assisted in the making of this movie, like you're saying, so yeah. it's kind of cool. Yeah, very... Uh, we'll, we'll get into the rest of it here. So, we can actually get into our view here. Let's do it. Um... This is, I texted you this while I was watching the movie. I forgot how great this movie was. (laughs) It had been a while. It's probably been like five years or so since I've seen it. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, really good movie. I mean, just all around, like, keeps your attention. It's not, it doesn't ever lull to me. It doesn't feel like, and the the shots are so great. Like, there were so many to choose from for our favorite shots and everything like that. Um, Obviously... Hopkins performance like Jodie Foster does great like her facial expressions and and just like the the general fear mm-hmm. that you see in her mannerisms and and her eyes I think you mentioned it what what is Demi known for as a director he's really known for his intense extreme close-ups of actors faces and it's so prominent in this movie it's insane yeah man oh man the I and like uh the eyes are the window to the soul. You know that saying? Yeah. Like he is focused on those eyes. It is all it, the way but in But it there. plays like the, like Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins do such a great job of making full facial expressions just from their eyes, yeah. you know, and, and, and simulating so much fear or in Hopkins case, craziness. <laughs> yeah. And the eyes are important. In, in another area as well, because we get these point of view shots from yes, Clarice I was going to talk about that. And it makes us feel like we are seeing things from her perspective. It makes us really fear the way she does. And it also shows like her gaze in a male dominated field, really. Because yep. there's times when we'll see her perspective like in a circle of all these men yeah. who are just staring at her. I literally wrote that down. Yeah. So that's during the funeral scene um, that she's kind of trapped out by the guys, the, the boys' club of, of talking about the murder that just mm-hmm. happened. And the, I wrote it down because it's great because I love the way they do that first person perspective. They show it kind of as that third person point of view, and then they just shoot cut to her what would be her view of what was right. going on. I thought it was hilarious because it could be if they didn't do that first person, they just kept that third person. It'd mm-hmm. almost be comedic with the awkward silence that yeah. happens, especially in that scene. They do it a few other times, but if they kept it third person, it would almost be really hard not to laugh because yeah. it's just. Dead silence. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. And Demi knew that as well. And he, yeah, he yeah, took it was, full but advantage. It, the of way it. he did it was just perfect. You know, it, it wasn't comedic. It was, you know, you got that perspective. So we're like fully in her mind throughout this right, movie as well. Right. The way Hannibal Lecter is as well. Yes. You know, it's very yes, interesting. Yes, definitely. So that that will actually take me into one of my uh, favorite shots. I wrote it down. Okay. I, this is not my favorite. This is just one that missed the cut. We'll, we'll do. I'll do my favorite right after this, and then I'll get your favorite, and then we'll okay. do just missed the cuts. But one that just missed the cut is uh, towards the beginning of the movie, when she first goes into that um, the psychiatric unit that Hannibal Lecter is caged up in, mm-hmm. she looks around. She walks into the like I guess the lobby or whatever of the of that psychiatric hospital, and it switches. Like it, you see her walk in the door, and then it switches that first person perspective of what she sees, mm-hmm. and it's just like a, a look, a slow pan around the room, and then it lands on the um, nurse. And then looking right at the camera and talking, yep. and that exactly. was like that was one of those first person that was just great because you get that sense mm-hmm. of like fear because you, you I think you see a guard like cocking a gun you know right. you you see all the stuff on the walls you see the 
uh, bulletproof vests, mm-hmm. and then you see the cages and everything like that, and then you land on the nurse, like, smiling at you. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's like visual storytelling, but also it, it's amping up the tension because it's, it is a slow pan, and that's yeah. key. Slow so, burn. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but my actual favorite shot is later on in the movie. It is when the first time that Hannibal Lecter actually opens up about Buffalo Bill, they do that sharing back and forth. Um, it's the reflection of Hannibal. That, is that your favorite that shot? That is literally my favorite, I yes. mean, it was it's so good. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It's showing the, I think you see Jodie Foster, and instead of just showing the other angle, mm-hmm. seeing Hannibal both. Lecter's face, you see his reflection in the, the pained glass that he's behind. That is like movie magic it's right incredible. there. <laughs> That's such oh, a good man. shot. Because it's like almost like he's peering over her shoulder in that angle too, mm-hmm. where it looks so much more creepy, so much more. He looks like a headless body, just like an entity rather than a crazy person. Yeah. Uh, another one that just missed the cut for me was another shot of them talking when she just goes and discovers the um, storage unit that that um, Hopkins had, or not Hopkins, Hannibal Lecter had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she goes back, yeah, and she's drying off, and you can't see Hannibal Lecter's face. You just see his knees in the back because the lighting is done so well. Mm-hmm. You can't even see him at first. You, know, you don't know where he is, you just, yes. which adds that creepiness factor. of. And you just hear the... the little thing open mm-hmm. and he, as he gives her a towel. Yep. Yep. So. And then you eventually just see his knees and you can't see his, his head or his face. And that's awesome. Again, we <laughs> talked about it with the Halloween of it's almost more scary when you can't see. You yeah. Know? Rather your imagination plays more tricks on you than anything else. Last one for me that just missed the cut. We just, we already talked about the extreme, extreme close up to the face, like nothing else. It's just their faces. Uh, but the last one was just the night vision shots at the very end with Buffalo Bill kind of stalking, um, Clarice, Incredible. that is, I mean, that's great. It's one of those first person things, switches to first person now. Yeah, out of but nowhere. now we're seeing another perspective that's looking at her. Exactly. And that, I remember seeing that the first time and being so terrified, like mm-hmm. not terrified, but just all, so on the edge of my seat, you know, like, oh my gosh, she's going to get her kind of moment, you it, know? It's key because now that we're out of her perspective, we feel helpless as she is. It's yes. like, there's nothing you can do but yeah. just sit there and you watch. Wanna, it's like a, it's like one of those horror movies where like, don't go in there. You right. want to yell at her like, he's behind you. And her <laughs> acting in that scene is incredible. Like you see her hand just That's wobbling with the gun. The, that was one of the reasons I think she won the the best actress. Is just her fear, especially when she's talking. You see it um, other parts when she's talking to the elector. Mm-hmm. Her fear of stuff is just so great. The way she portrays yeah. that, she it looks like she is actually in that situation that she's in right there. Yeah, and you know her, you know, because she's obviously not the whole time in that situation in the dark. But her shots in Buffalo Bill's house when she's trying to get him, like you said, her trembling and her mm-hmm. voice shaking and her, you know, swinging her head back and forth every second, trying to make sure right. she doesn't miss anything it just shows like a lot of people think acting is just speaking like people say leo didn't deserve the oscar for the revenant because he barely talked but like there's so much more to acting yeah and she shows it here it's the the physical the physicality and the gestures and just the emoting in the moment Mm -hmm. it's incredible so do you have any more that that missed your your cut any shots you you stole my favorite shot but um i'll I'll go with my other one um i love the transition and really the plot twist of as clarice is opening the door what we think is you know, where, um, Oh yes. 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 Where you think the lady that owns the sewing shop or Uh whatever is. And then it cuts the show, the FBI going into the wrong location. Yep. And then we're like, Oh wow. She is here. Yeah. She's at Buffalo Bill. Yeah. I thought that was an awesome shot. The way he just transitions with that smash. Definitely. Definitely. Um, They played that. They played that so perfect. Also another one I'll say is the very opening shot. It, It opens with Clarice emerging from this wooded area and walking towards the camera. So she's like, you know, 
coming out of this secluded, creepy-looking area as, you know, the training montage yeah. at the beginning. And then the final what shot of the what movie... Are, back up to that shot. What am I going to say about that? It's a title sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I love it. It's show, because we're getting we're getting visual storytelling here. Yeah, we but don't you, have get, to, you can show that for ten seconds. They they carry on for like a but minute. But it's, and a it's half. important because he bookends it at the end of the movie because the last shot is Hannibal walking away from the camera and disappearing into this large crowd. So it's just okay. It's a really I see what cool you're doing bookend. with that. Okay, with the opening shot versus like the opening shot. I don't have a problem with. I don't have a problem even with a scene of her doing all that. Mm-hmm. Why? I, just, I, I love it. It, it show. I love it because it shows her ambition. You know, it shows her dedication and how hard she's working. It shows she's a trainee and everything yeah. like that. But we get other shots of that later in the movie when she's just training. We get yeah. like you know, so we don't. It's unnecessary, I guess. Like again, if the shot or the scene is not unnecessary. It's mm-hmm. just the length of time they carry on <laughs> with the scene to just get through the the title sequence is what bothers me. It's not the scene, because okay. I think the scene is necessary. Sure. It's yeah. that they go on with the minute and a half because they have so many actors and actors to go through, which is unnecessary. Hey, go on their credit. Hey, love I it. thought it was a great they movie. Worthy of Best Picture, but that's my thing, Jeff. I can't, I can't backtrack on my thing. You're so wrong on it, but it's fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine, whatever. Okay, um, I did want to touch on, before we go on to our favorite lines and scenes, I did want to touch on the movie poster. I think I texted you about it. It's so... To me, it's so good because it's so iconic. Like mm-hmm. you can see that from kind of out of the corner of your eye. And you're like, oh, sounds of lamps. You know what the uh, what do they call it? Death moth? Is that what it's called? Death head moth. Yeah, so I think that's right. Close. It's something like something that. like that of just on Jodie Foster's face, and then you get the extreme close up mm-hmm. <laughs> that that Demi loves. So yeah, I, I think I love the poster. It gives you like vague symbolism as well. Like ooh, like if you haven't seen the movie, what is that? Yeah, it's so simple yet so. Again, iconic. It's just you mm-hmm. see it from a mile away and you know exactly what it is. Yeah, so I, I loved it. Um, okay, so we can go into our, our favorite scenes uh, mm-hmm. and then we can go into our favorite lines. So my favorite scene is really multiple scenes just because I think it's so well done. Anytime that Clarice and Hannibal are in that psychiatric hospital together, that I mean, those are, I am like, I have to hear every little word. I want to mm-hmm. see what's coming next. The anticipation with it, the... The creepy nature, the way that Hopkins does his voice too for Lecter, and it's just the mm-hmm. calm. Again, they talk about um, he ate, I think, a nurse's face off, mm-hmm. and they said his heartbeat never go, rose above eighty five. Yeah, and the way he portrays <laughs> Lecter the whole time is is just like that. Did you, you know? notice that he like never blinks? I didn't notice his that. Eyes but that are makes sense. Like always open. He based it apparently off of a, a guy he knew that he thought was like crazy, very unnerving <laughs> and weird. So like, I don't I don't know how many times he blinks in this movie, but if any, it's very few. He apparently based his voice semi off of the uh, robot in two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. Oh, that's awesome! You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that movie, but I think oh, you I have. have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm, apparently, vo- he based his voice the way he wanted to do his voice for Elector off of that. It's really cool. So another little fact for you. There, yeah, Jeff. thank you. But yeah, no. Anytime they're they're together. That is, watch. that is my favorite scene, the, the introduction of Hannibal yeah. Lecter, because we already talked about the point of view shot of her, you know, slowly walking into his cell. And the way he's standing, it's so creepy. Like, his posture is Everything, bizarre. That's why, <laughs> this is one of my favorite performances of all time, because yeah. everything he does is unnerving. And, you, and, like, he feels, because he talks in riddles, and because he... Mm-hmm. He feels smarter than you at all times. Which he probably is, because he's a genius, yeah. but it's like... 
I you always feel one step behind him, you know? Yeah, and it's like he do, he makes her feel that way as well because it's the way he sizes her up. He even knows elements of her background just based on seeing her for literally a few minutes. And right. It's so captivating. It's like he's like Sherlock Holmes, but yeah. a crazy person. Because he even knows what <laughs> perfume she's wearing. And yeah. it's like all completely believable because of the way Hopkins portrays it. Oh my gosh. So. Like the sniffing through the the holes in there. All right. Yeah. So what was your favorite scene? Did you that, have a favorite? There, the introduction of Hannibal Lecter that was your is favorite? my favorite. Okay. But another one, and I mean, most people would say this, but that climactic scene when Clarice finds Buffalo Bill and Catherine and the lights go out, we already talked about it, but it's oh, just incredible. That's, it's great. It's great. Like, <laughs> what else Again, can you like say? I feel like we can on this movie because it was such a good movie. One swept the awards and everything like mm-hmm. that. We could touch on every single scene. And be I like, do have one more I want to touch on yeah. real quickly. Um, his escape when <laughs> when he tricks the security guards and he literally uses the skin of one of their faces yes. to escape. In the Iconic. Ambulance. That was incredible. <laughs> it's so awesome. I can, you know, like it, it is so great, but I could not stop thinking about the the Dwight scene in the office of like. <laughs> Him cutting off the mannequin's face off, putting it on, and then being like, I just wanted to see if it was realistic. I didn't even think about that. Turns out <laughs> it is. <laughs> so nice. it lost some of its uh, scariness for me because all I could think about sure is Dwight enough. cutting off the mannequin's face off. <laughs> oh, but no, it, that is all time. Again, there's so many, because this movie was so good and because it's such a, a classic, there's so many iconic lines and scenes so that will take us into our favorite lines yeah uh i could do list 50 of these mm-hmm. but i think i have to go with the most iconic and then i'll touch on the the others that i really liked i ate his liver with some fava beans and he goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the teeth sucking is what i just wrote down it's, it's disturbing is, oh my gosh <laughs> i forget he's talking about uh somebody from i think his Psychiatric, one of his patients. Yeah. Right? yeah, and then he says that just so casually. Again, the creepiness is in the casual nature of everything mm-hmm. he talks about, and that's like one of the only times you see him do the. Yeah, and so that he ugh. does do that weird clicking thing that was like, yes, like yes. he's just disappointed, you know, almost like he's disappointed or like he's like ready for a meal kind of thing, you know. Sure, it, yeah. it gets that you get both of that in there, yeah. but that was my. I have to go like that is one of the all time iconic lines. Yeah. Do you have a I have one? a few I'll go through real quick. So go go with your favorite and my then we'll go our, and then we'll yeah, okay. our absolute favorite and then we'll go our just missed. My absolute favorite is when she's talking to Crawford and he says and they're talking about how you know she had him as a professor and he says I gave you an A and Clarice responds A minus sir. I love this because it really feels like something her character would say because you know she has a chip on her shoulder and she's very ambitious and she it's proven that she will work harder than anyone to get to the top and achieve her dreams, not only for herself, but also for her dad. And she remembers any shortcoming because she knows she could always have room for improvement. And I really like that because it's so telling of her character just in those few words, A minus, sir. Yeah. She I remembers. Think, I think that, and it shows her intelligence and her memory too, because mm-hmm. you, we Which touched is on later. Yeah. Of, that's how she, I guess, got to Lecter mm-hmm. is because he noticed how smart she was and how she he figured saw so out much potential. his, she figured out his, uh, not anagrams, but his, um, what do they call it? When the, uh, letters are mixed into a different name, yeah. you know, cause with his uh, storage unit, he just did miss Muffet. And then she figured yeah. it out because it was, a. Uh, I don't know what they call that scrambled word basically. Yeah. I don't know what the word for that is, but whatever. Yeah, no. So another uh, few that missed the cut, uh, it rubs the lotion on its skin or it gets the hose again. That made me think of Joe Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what I'm talking about? I'm putting the lotion on the skin. I'm rubbing it in. <laughs> no, I did not think of Joe Dirt. Thinker. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, with the rhyme and the, the Buffalo Bill creepiness, because that's I think that's the first time you actually see him like in light, because you mm-hmm. see him when he captures um, Catherine, but yeah. you don't see him in clear light, except that's the first time. And then the, it puts lotion on his skin or else it gets the hose again. And he kind of has almost that calm nature, too, during yeah. that. <laughs> another Buffalo Bill quote, or <laughs> not even quote. She's screaming, and he just goes, looks at her, and goes, ah, like right back. <laughs> that was more of like, it just made me laugh. Like, it made me legit ah, laugh. Yeah. Like right back at her, so mocking, you know, when she's screaming for bloody yeah. murder, you know. And then the last one, it's at the very end of the movie. I'm having an old friend for dinner. Not even I'm having it like just that's online you know, as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, great, great line. Yep. <laughs> All time creepy because you don't know where he is. You know he's escaped and I believe that's the last thing he says. As it well. is, and then yeah. he hangs up, and then he disappears in that crowd like you yeah. talked about, and then that's the end of the movie. The other ones I have are um, this wasn't this isn't even a line, but there's a tracking shot in the woods, and then we see a sign that says hurt, agony, pain. <laughs> Love it. And it just made me think of like the elements that you claim have to be in a movie for me to love it. <laughs> so it's like me describing <laughs> movies. Hurt, agony, pain. I love it. It's disturbing. I yeah, love it. <laughs> also, the other one is when um the creepy... Do- I think his name Dr. Chilton. First of all, what a creep. Like, come on. What, the stuff he said, the Clarice, very, very... He is very weird. Weird. He was very weird. But he's like, boy, are you ever his taste? Yeah. So I'm not even like... I'm not even upset he was the old friend he was having for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and also later, Clarice says, somebody says, is it true that he's a vampire? And yep. she says they don't have a name for what he yes, is. Yes, yes. That Pretty was one cool. of mine that just yeah. missed, too. I forgot. I was going to say that. It was a security guard talking about Lecter when they go to, uh, yeah. when he's in that new location. Uh, so I thought that was a great line, too, because it's it gives that, uh, I immediately thought of, because we just watched it, the Halloween He's the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Like that was that the boogeyman? He's yeah. the boogeyman kind of thing. So that's what made me think of that. Sure. Um, but yeah, the, the other things I want to touch on real quick is one of the things that I thought was so good, and we talked about the extreme close-ups. But there's also wide shots, and the he, the the camera never gets lazy. If mm-hmm. that makes sense, like it's never the same. Just two shot, you know, confrontational shot. It's never just one angle. It's like extreme close-ups or wide shots or right. or you know the camera's moving in a certain direction. Like you never. It never gets like just dull, mm-hmm. the movement or the the closeness or wideness of it. So I thought that was um, one of the reasons probably why he got best picture is like you, you never, it's never just a lull in the yeah. in what the camera's but doing. But it's a great point because every shot is meaningful too. That's and what I'm saying, yeah. 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 Um, another thing, we, we talked about the eyes and the calm, cool, collected. It's when he, as when he's in the psychiatric hospital, Anthony Hopkins portrayal of Lecter, when all he has to do, like he's just so calm, cool, collected. All he does is just slightly lean forward when he's talking to some mm-hmm. things, or when the extreme close up of his face, like you just see it kind of move a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it adds so much more. Like, it truly it, does. Yeah. Like, why is a slight lean like something that just makes it so much more meaningful of what he's saying? You know, it almost like you you tune in more when he leans forward. You know. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting. Um, and then I think that was about it for me. Uh, I, I did mention that the all it was just the, the timing of the break-in, what you met, mentioned, your favorite scene, like that twist or whatever, all-time timing. Like, <laughs> Incredible. Such great, like, with it, everything like that. 
Uh, <laughs> I did want to talk about, I love, love that the FBI is still breaking into houses with flower trucks. Yes. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> come on, a flower truck? Get it together, FBI. Like, that is like, what are you doing? And then last thing was, we talked about with Halloween, why didn't she do this? Jodie Foster, brilliant. She, like, double, triple taps Buffalo Bill at the end. <laughs> like, yeah. Great job. She kicks her gun away and everything. Like smart. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Jodie Foster. And I Jamie mean, Lee Curtis is an idiot. Jody to be Foster. fair, Lori from Halloween, not an FBI trainee. That's fair. But, <laughs> but Jesus, it's yeah, the boogeyman. Triple on. tap. What Literally. are you doing? <laughs> um, do you have anything else you want to mention? Um, I think I think we covered pretty much everything I wanted to touch on, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean great movie, uh, all time. If you didn't see it, I highly recommend it. One of my favorites. Probably my favorite thriller of all time. And just like the detective nature of it too. I love that she's solving a mystery while you're also getting just the creepiness of Hannibal Lecter. You get a double serial killer in a movie. When does that ever happen? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember my mom said she read the book and she said it scared the crap out of her just reading the book. And then she said like she never thought the movie would be able to. And then she saw Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal mm-hmm. Lecter. And she's like, this is one of the those rare moments where the movie lives up to the book. Yeah. So Well said. Shout out to Steven's mom. <laughs> Shout out to Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> so the well, last two questions for you. Where does this rank for you in your... I know we talked about our most rewatchable ones, the ones we love to watch in October. Where does the movie rank in your horror or suspense? Well, I will say, um, for me personally, it's definitely top 10 in terms of thrillers. It's We've, we've just went on for an hour about how incredible yeah. it is. I don't need to say anything else, but it's certainly top 10. I'm glad we rewatched it. That was my first time seeing it in five years, and it was even better than I remembered, actually. So Yeah, exactly. Um, same for me. On IMDb, this has an 8.6, which makes it the number 21 film of all time on there. Really? Yeah. So that this is low for all time. One of the. I mean, still top 25 is insane. Um, no, well, that's what I'm saying is like you, you're still in top 25 with an 8.6. That's yeah. pretty crazy. Uh, they must be on IMDb. Must be like Jeff snobs over there at IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's probably my one. Of, I don't know if it's my favorite suspense, but it's top three for sure. Again, we we kind of talked touch on this last episode. I don't know if it's horror necessarily i guess you i think it can go either just suspense yeah. or horror kind it of depends on you your interpretation um, yeah there's horrific things in this movie there certainly. are there are and again we talked about the creepy nature of lecter so yeah um last question where is hannibal lecter the greatest serial killer in a movie unequivocally yes <laughs> like um obviously it's due to the excellent dialogue that was on the page the incredibly disturbing but also intriguing character elements and, you know, the magnificent portrayal by Sir Anthony Hopkins. Oh, sorry. I haven't been calling him Sir. Sorry. (laughs) So anytime a list online or even a discussion in person takes place about the greatest villains, he is literally always mentioned no matter what. It seems like he and the Joker from Dark Knight, Heath Ledger, are the two unanimous choices. We talked about that. Their names are literally ubiquitous for this topic. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of talked about that a little bit as I was watching the movie. If you put a gun to my head and said Heath Ledger or Anthony Hopkins portraying one of those, I, I honestly don't know who I'd pick. Maybe Heath Ledger just because of the craziness of it. Mm-hmm. It, it dude, it's a toss-up. It, it is. That's like one of the all-time hard choices. The other uh, kind of serial killers I thought of thinking of this, because I don't, like Joker is a serial killer, but I don't think of him, you know, in that serial killer mantra, I guess. Um, seven, all-time serial killer movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you don't really see the serial killer much, so you don't see the betrayal of him, but the, I guess the acts and the, I guess clues he leaves behind makes me think of that's one of the great ones. Sure. Um, American Psycho 
that's a great serial killer. <laughs> yeah, we could go on for days. Yeah, honestly. so but I will I mean, say I think you have to give it to Elector or uh, Hopkins for his again. If you want to put Joker in the serial killer, then yeah, toss up. But if you're talking about just serial killers, I think you have to give it to Lecter. Yeah, he's top Hopkins. two, but he's not two. It's one A, one B. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's not. Uh, you know. See, we talked about the craft of this movie and why it's so excellent. Um, you had a question before about why is this an all-time great? Yeah. And I think several reasons for that, or it's just really including. There's several reasons for it, but that's including humankind's innate fascination with the macabre. Like the 90% of humans who are actually are incapable of doing these vile things are exhilarated by watching acts that the 10% lunatics like would or could commit. Yeah, so I think that's one thing that makes this so fascinating. What do you think? I was going to uh, just piggyback off of that. Uh, I've t- I talked to you just jokingly and you, you see the videos. It's like the your girlfriend or, or wife or whatever is yeah. munching on popcorn <laughs> or, or eating, doing the dishes. And then in the background, you just see them listening to, and he took off her arms and her legs and he <laughs> cut off her tongue. And then like, it's, that's why serial killers are so like the, yeah. that theme of movies and shows is so And true popular. crime is even bigger now than it was then. So. That's what, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, probably one of the reasons true detective is one of the best shows of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wrote down to, Mind Hunters on Netflix, like this, like the, I love that show. the reason I do too. But yeah. the reason, like that, I, I talked about my favorite scenes is anytime Hannibal and Clarice are in a room talking together. Mind mm-hmm. Hunter is like the whole series. You're just waiting for another moment of I forget the main character's name, but him talking to a different serial killer. Yeah, and you just want to see that interaction with it and everything. Like right. that. obviously, there's drama that goes behind the scenes, but. That's what makes My Hunter successful. And that's why everybody wants another season of it because yeah. of that. And that's true because this movie covers despicable topics, but in a glorious way. You know? Right. It's it's so interesting. And that's why, <laughs> that's why it's so funny when you see those the memes of like the the girlfriends munching <laughs> on stuff, you know, or or just girls in general just eating yeah. whatever and then listening to gruesome murders, you know, it's just right. that something peaks in our brain about you know, wanting to know about serial killers. And they even talk about that in my hunters is everybody is so curious about what drives a human being to do the gruesome acts they do. It's just yeah. a curiosity nature, you know, but Hey, curiosity killed the cat. Yep. So, uh, that will wrap up. Do we want to go to our scores? Yeah. I was going to just say that wraps up our review yeah. and then, so that wraps up our review and then we'll go on to our, our scores. I saw Metacritics, uh, was an 85 yep. for this rotten tomatoes, an average of 8.9 out of 10. 96%, 8.9 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, 96% of it. Well, I saw 96% of For 110 critics. critics gave it a positive review. Yeah, exactly. So 4%, how do what you give you this doing? movie a negative review? Yeah, what? <laughs> but anyway, so what was your what's your rating out of 100? I was On Letterboxd, it's also at a 4.3, which is really, really high. Letterboxd, I was going to say, Letterboxd, I just it's talked tough. about IMDb. Letterboxd is like just movie snobs. Yeah. I'm convinced. I love Letterboxd. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's movie snobs and then people just making jokes about movies. Yes, you, you don't really. get actual reviews of like people that love movies for just loving movies, but yeah. it's either like they're making a stupid joke on Letterboxd or they're like being the biggest movie snob ever. It, it There's no in between. <laughs> for me, I'm giving this movie a 93 out of 100. Um, I mean, we've talked about it already. It's incredible. There's very few, if any, flaws. Um, the pacing is incredible. Honestly, 93 might be too low. Like, I'm starting to second guess myself now with that. But, yeah, what, what did you have? I, I'll go with the uh, percentage that gave it a positive review. I'll go 96. Okay. Again, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, and, I again, I haven't, I haven't watched it in so long that I think that I just forgot how good it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, just the, the whole nature of the film, just 
had me really paying attention. Like I thought I might be, because I don't love rewatching things like back to back almost because I feel mm-hmm. like I just get bored. Not bored. Bored isn't the right word, but I feel like I, I just lose attention for it because I've seen it and I know what's going to happen next. Yeah. I'd forgotten a lot, so it was just one of those things where it kept my attention the whole time. I was a little worried. I was like, I know kind of the ending. Like, what am I going to do? But mm-hmm. no, I was entertained the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. 96, definitely. Nothing, apparently nothing is going to top my Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. You had, Steven, that is wild that you had this below Suicide Squad. What are you doing? What was I doing rating that a 98? I don't know. It just <laughs> my head just I, I probably you know what happened? I probably forgot that I needed to give it a review and I was like, oh I loved it. 98. Uh, 90, yeah. <laughs> That's definitely but what happened. The biggest thing we didn't talk about in this movie. Precious is okay. Oh yes, precious Thank is okay. God. Thank precious goodness. Is okay. Thank goodness, precious <laughs> Dude, I couldn't remember what happened with Precious, honestly, and I was panicking. I was like, they better not snap <laughs> Precious's neck. Like <laughs> No, I knew Precious didn't die, but I, I knew remember. I had forgotten. Well, I knew, but I'd forgotten that she kind of captured Precious mm-hmm. uh, in that scene. So. Precious is Buffalo Bill's dog, by the way. Yes, Precious yeah. is Buffalo Bill's <laughs> Just to dog. clarify. Yeah, we're rooting for the serial killer's dog. It's fine. <laughs> What happened to the mo- the the death head moths though, Jeff? Think about those guys. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Justice for all. <laughs> all pets. Justice for all pets. Even yes. death head moths. Yes. The creepiest things ever. <laughs> and that will wrap up our our scores of this movie. Have anything else to say? That's all, man. I think that's all. We yeah. talked a lot about this movie. I think we could go on for even longer if we wanted to. We could break down this movie oh, shot by shot if we wanted we to, could, but yeah. we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. No matter how much we want to. Uh, so moving on to next week, uh, I believe we will have uh, a special guest again, a recurring guest mm-hmm. now. Uh, Lori Williamson, my wife, will be on the show next yes, week. Not Lori Strode, but not, Lori Williamson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she will be doing a kind of more spooktober theme, but less scary and, and great movie, but more <laughs> Disney themed, I believe. So don't quote me on this, but I'm almost positive we're doing Hocus Pocus, which okay. somehow, some way, Jeff has not seen. Uh, Jeremiah but, said, it's, a guy we work with said, it's because I'm a movie snob and refuse to watch mainstream movies. I don't think that's true. I don't think so either, but it's, it's just, just like, it's one of those things where it was growing up in our age group. It was just on Disney Channel every October. It's still on Disney Channel every October. Like, if yeah. you, like, I don't know, if you were like, you know, eight to 14, <laughs> You know, and in the Disney Channel era, and you turned on the TV in October, yeah. Halloween Town or Hocus Pocus. One of those two was playing almost every day. I don't know what to tell you, Stephen. Blame my parents, okay? <laughs> I guess so. But I believe we're doing Hocus Pocus. So if you're if you're not super into scary movies, but you want to get into the the October theme, you can get into it with Hocus Pocus. Yeah, for sure. Great Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and while we touch on that Disney movie, I'll maybe give a brief review of Halloween Kills. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That'll be a good uh, combination. There you go. We can we can get some horror still in there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps it up, and um, I think we are also this week going to put out a question on our Instagram, kind of a story, maybe a post, however we want to do it, mm-hmm. of what movie people or what movies people want us to do a review on, because that'll give us a little bit more content. So yeah. that we're reaching our full audience, Jeff. We can't, you know, corner out some of our audience. We only have three people. If we corner out two of them, we, it's only me listening, Jeff. It's true. <laughs> right, because I'm not going to listen. So I know. No I chance. Know. <laughs> I, I, you know I can't finish shows. <laughs> All right. Well, that will wrap up Slow Burn Episode 7. We will see you next week. <laughs>